It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com. Mark Victor Hansen, welcome to the show. Welcome to Become Your Own Superhero. Look, I believe at some levels I've had a super horrific life. I've been, I hang around a lot of superheroes. That's why I love your show. And what I want is for everyone to become their superhero. And that's, if you'll forgive me for being blatant, you know, we ask the book we got that's rocking right now, The Bridge from Your Dream to Your Destiny. I think everyone's destiny is to find their own superhero-ness. And I'd like to talk to you about that today because if everybody did that, the world would work for 100% of humanity. And that's the problem is you got a lot of people running below their privilege. And if they found out, hey, wait a second, this is my destiny and I'm going to fulfill my potential, then voila, the world would work. Because God has, the, the old cliche, makes no junk. Every one of us has got some greatness in us that we got to manifest. And most of us never, we say, well, I'm an engineer, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, a dentist, a garbage man, a waitress. I'm not, I don't care what you are. That's what you do. That's not who you can become. And I know I'm over answering your first question. <laughs> not at all, because I've been powering through this book and the, the speed in which this interview was put together has prevented me from getting all of it. But I've got enough to, to know that I want to f- finish the rest of that damn book. And, and I want to share a, a, a great example of being able to ask. And it relates to a vacuum cleaner called a Dyson. It's a, it's a cordless Dyson vac that we've had for a year and a half, and it, and it stopped working. And we took it in to get serviced. And uh, there was from a series of unfortunate events that just one after another, that the whole experience from Dyson was just the worst customer experience that I've ever, ever had. And, and so I sent an email to the general manager of Australia and New Zealand, and I got a phone call yesterday from the head of customer experience. And during the course of me trying to get this vacuum cleaner fixed, I said, look, I'm so upset with the service, but if you just send me the brand new V11 model, we'll just call it quits, right? Which is worth about double the the amount that I originally paid. Anyway, they said, sir, that's never happened in the history of Dyson. That's never happened. Anyway, fast forward to this phone call. This guy said said to me, what outcome do you want? And I said, I'll, I'll happily be involved in an advertising campaign. Like I'll be the face of Dyson. I'm good looking and good communicator. And, <laughs> and this guy must have thought I was nuts. But he goes, I've got three options for you, Laban. He said, we can give you a refund and you keep the original machine. We can upgrade you to the one that you want, but you've got to pay a little bit extra to cover the thing. Or we can give you the, the brand new version V15 from Dyson, which has a detector with lasers that tells you where the dust is coming from in the house. And uh, and all you got to do is answer a few questions. I went, I'll go with option number three. Thank you very much. Me too. Tell him if, if you want two communicators, you can have us together. 
See, ask. That's all it takes. Ask and you get to receive. Well, my first question for you, Mark, really is what do you need help with right now? Getting through this interview. No, that's a joke. That's a joke. No, no. What we're doing is that uh, because of COVID, interesting things have happened in the book business. I, I don't want to overdose you, but our bookstores in America, and I can't talk for the rest of the world, are, the biggest one is Barnes & Noble. And they own, like, I think, 1,200 bookstores. And they all were told, oh, we're going to be closed two months. So they pay about 100000 a month is what rent is at one of the big malls. Well, you do that for 12 months, and we're over a year now. That's a million two hundred thousand, and they've not made one cent in a lot of states like California and New York because they're closed. So the point is, they don't buy books, so they don't pay for books. So concurrently in America, other than the states that are open like Arizona and Florida and Texas, <clears throat> you know, my books are sold mostly on Amazon, which is great. And and for me, it, it has taken us to, we've sold out again and again of our book. And what I want to do is sell, I want to get, if I could have anything I want, I want to sell a billion of these books, not because I need the money because I'm fed for the rest of my life, but I want the people to have the information because if everyone has heard asking you to receive, Jesus said it, but no one ever detailed it until Chris and I came around, along and we said, hey, wait a second, this leverages everything I did to sell a half billion books of chicken soup for the soul, which I couldn't be more thankful for. So I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, hey, wait a second. It is possible because you want to do superhero to do a billion books. Now, no one's ever done it. And I got a lot of critics that will say, well, it can't be done. That's why it hasn't been done. But let me just tell you that the other day I'm on the Amazon bestseller interview with Mark Devereaux, which I love this guy. So he starts out and says, Mark, Victor Hansen, you are the Roger Bannister of books. Do you remember who Roger Bannister was? First, First minute of mile, baby. Four minute mile. And, and he did it in 1953. But the next, I said, Mark, do you know what happened in the next week? He said, no, I don't. I said, the next week, 119 people did it. He said, holy cow. What changed? I said, physiologically, we're no different. We got a superhero mentality because before that, your heart would jump out of your chest. You couldn't do it if you're, and I'm fit, as you can tell. But is is the point is, is it? He said, "Well, what does that affect?" I said, "Everything," because it's a thermostat of superhero ness. I said, it, "You know, two years ago, we didn't have a trillion dollar company. You know, a thousand million is a billion, a thousand billion is a trillion in America. I know we do it different in different parts of Europe. Anyhow." We had the first trillion dollar company. Now we got five in a year's time. Well, I'm, I'm telling you that before the decades out, we're going to have a hundred because we've changed the mindset. And that's what I, I don't know your stuff totally. I'm looking forward to learning it. But aren't you saying a superhero comes out of the right mindset, gets you the money set, gets you the life set, gets you the success set? Is that pretty close to where you're at? That's exactly right, Mark. And uh, it's just about empowering people with the confidence to take take life into their own hands and and own all of the traumas and the experiences that they've that they've gone through and to use them as their superpower their fuel and that's what I'm doing and that's what I want to share with people and that's why I love talking to people like you well that the, the point there is that every one of us has got to take adversity turn it into advantage I'm going to give you two mine and, and dr George Washington Carver Dr. Carver was the first black PhD ever in America, coming time of civil war and all that stuff. So not a good time to be black. But he gets called down to a little southern city called Tuskegee, Alabama. 
And they say, you got to help our people. And they gets down there and all the cotton stopped growing because they'd overexploited the solar soil adversity. He thinks about it. He prays about it. He said, everyone should get up at four o'clock and get on the wavelength of God and said, okay, God, what's the answer? And he said, to get the soil replete again, you've got to grow legumes, stuff like peanuts. Starts growing peanuts, gets all the black farmers to grow peanuts. And they say, we got all these peanuts and there's no market. So he goes, okay, God, four o'clock in the morning again, you told me, you tell me. Comes up with 300 uses for peanuts that you know, peanut butter, peanut paint, peanut clothes, peanut color, humma humma. And was considered the greatest black inventor ever. The point is, is that he had a double adversity. He was black and now he doesn't have any way to grow cotton. And now suddenly he grows peanuts, has too many peanuts, has... He created a new economic law that every superhero should know. It's called Carver's Law. And it says, supply creates demand. Now, you and I grew up in the economics, which only teaches scarcity. And you and I as superheroes are teaching, um, if you take adversity, all of us are going to have it. I got plenty. I'm going to talk about mine in a second when you want to ask that. But what did he do? He turned into advantage. Everybody loves peanuts. I mean, you may not eat peanut butter anymore concurrently, but uh, I still don't mind a peanut from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, you got to be thankful because he created crop rotation, he created legumes, but he did it by asking himself, and that's what I'm saying: is each of us got to. We're teaching and ask, ask yourself, ask others, ask God, and he asked God, and God told him what to do, and then he did it, and then he asked others to say grow some peanuts and boomo. And then he said, what do I do with all the peanuts? Boomo. He comes up with the use utility value of peanuts the, and the enterprise value. I want to say that there's a lot of enterprise value. Well, I love that, Mark. And I, and I want to ask you that question about your your adversity rather. But before you do that, what do you say to people that are not religious and don't believe in God in the sense of uh, of what we're talking about here? Well, first of all, I love the question. Um, everybody at some time, it, 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 the question is, everybody has an interpretation of what God is to him or her. An atheist has that interpretation. I was in Vietnam uh, during the war, and I was a VIP, but the point is, no, there's never an atheist in a foxhole when you're fighting the enemy. You suddenly you go, okay, God, what am I going to do? So at the end, if you're scared enough, you say there's God. If you have a car crash, Bucky Fuller always used to say, by the way, I'm putting this in quotes, but Jesus Christ, because what you do is you call on what's called providential help. You call on spiritual help. So the, the point is, I, I happen to be writing a biography right now about the biggest black minister of all times, a guy named Reverend Ike. And it's it, and it's the illuminations of Reverend Ike exploring God within, because he said, look, the king, what Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within. Now, people assume that's esoteric and outside, but no. The kingdom of, of superhero-ness is within. In other words, remember, I was in remedial reading from first grade to sixth grade because my parents are Danish immigrants. Now, Australia's loaded with immigrants. You may be an immigrant. Well, you married an immigrant. So there you go. I'm a Kiwi, right? so I am an immigrant, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are a Kiwi. I thought so. But anyhow, so the, the point is, and my parents were immigrants, and, and I grew up, everybody was a little blonde-haired, blue-eyed Danish kid, so I didn't know there was anything else. The point is, I was in remedial reading before we had ESL, English as a second language. So they said, well, you're just a dumb day. Now, there's nothing dumb. I did, you know, got to learn the language and learn to read. Now I'm world's best-selling author. So <laughs> go figure. It was an adversity that became my accomplishment, an adversity that became my advantage. And and, and Napoleon Hill and Think Grow Rich, which I'm sure you've read, says every adversity has a seed of equivalent or greater benefit to get you to your destiny. 
I'm a huge fan, huge fan of that book. And I've even been reading the, uh, well, I've finished reading The Three Feet from Gold, the one that Greg Reed did with uh, Sharon Lecter as well. What other adversity have you experienced, Mark? So it's 1974. I've been in graduate school with Buckminster Fuller, the guy who did geodesic domes, spherical buildings made out of triangles, the maxing cars. He made them during the Depression, which was sort of the wrong time, but they ran an alkyl ethanol and methanol because he saw the problem coming that we can't keep burning petrochemicals that are a hundred million year old resource. He didn't see electric cars as being practical yet. Elon Musk is just going to take that to the moon, metaphorically speaking. Um, so I got enamored with this brilliant genius of a guy, and I was trying to build New York City. I was building Wall Street. I was building. I built the Wall Street Racquet Club, botanical gardens, aviaries, houses, all kinds of stuff. Bad news. I'm building out of plastic. PBC polyvinyl chloride. <laughs> Just when the oil embargo hit, you can't get any, and and so I lost two million dollars in a day. I checked. I, we're teaching and ask. Your questions determine the path you're going to take. So make sure you ask positive and correct questions. It sounds simple, sounds tautological, sounds self-evident. It's not. I said, oh, my God, what if I go bankrupt? I go to the library, check out a book, How to Go Bankrupt by Yourself. <laughs> Best worst experience, right? I go, I'm so low, I got to reach up to touch bottom. For six months, I'm sleeping in front of another guy's sleep a bedroom in a sleeping bag, not a good place, but um, better than nothing. And I kept saying, you know, what we're saying is, ask yourself, ask others, ask God. I said, okay, God, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And it came to me loud and clear in the middle of the night, first miracle. You're supposed to talk to people that care about things that matter, that would make a life transformative difference. I'm like, whoa, wait, wow, that's like way cool. What do I do with that? Go to my three roommates in Hicksville, Long Island, New York, and I say, hey, boys, do you know anyone young speaking? Because I was, you know, I was 20s, and I said, it's not a lawyer, not a doctor, not a Broadway star, not a celebrity, not a famous person. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a kid here, here, here. I, I can't go this morning. Here's my ticket. And the kid's out in Hawpaw, Long Island, New York. That doesn't mean anything to you, but I jump in the $400 pitted window, permanently air-conditioned Volkswagen. The bankruptcy courts are not taken. I bust my butt, get there. For three hours, and I remember this is the worst economy America's ever had. This guy, Chip Collins, who later became my friend and mentor, best friend, and we talked all the time, but he's mesmerizing this audience. He just wows them at a cellular level. I go, oh, man. I go up to him at the end. So the first miracle is God told me what to do. Second miracle, my roommate says, here's a ticket. I mean, there's no way I could know that was going to exist. Third, this guy exists. I go up and I say, Chip Collins, Mark Victor Hansen, I want to buy your lunch. And I need to ask you how to do this business. He said, look, kid. His voice was burnt out after shouting into Mike, you know the game, and said, uh, chance you make it is one in a thousand. Why don't you go do a real business? I said, no, no, no. This is what I want to do. I'm, I'm really divinely programmed to do this. So you got to let me talk to you. Told me exactly what to do. But he said, stay out of real estate. I own the five boroughs in New York. There are five islands. Is there, you know, Manhattan and Long Island, Staten Island. I said, I said, yeah, 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 okay. Now, mentally, I'm going, God, I don't own life insurance. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the premium is. I don't have, you know, no CLU, any of that stuff. But he said, do this and call 10 people tomorrow, and one of them will say yes. I said, okay, I'll, I'll take 10 rejections because I teach now that if you get rejected, say N-E-X-T next. Tenth guy at 630 at night, right? I've been calling all day. Ten, at 630 at night. Guy is bigger 
I don't care how big you were. This guy weighed 450 pounds naked with his ink pen empty. <laughs> you know, he was a big brother. And he said, Mark, I'm going to take your seminar. And I'll get Because Chip taught me one question. He said, you said, you, Laban, do you want to cut the check or have your secretary cut it? Now I said, I'm a big guy. I can cut the check. So I'm getting paid before I go do this seminar. He doesn't know I'm going to come back. He said, here's a directory to everybody. I'm the number one guy in the number one company in the world. And that's why I'm here late at night, because guys like you and I are workers. So go tell them Big Tony sent you. And he was big. Well, hell, now I got a go-to directory. And Chip Collins said, I'm going away for two weeks for vacation with my family. When I get back, he'll be gone. Don't worry. I'm not worried about it. So Chip comes back, and I, I have more talks booked than he did. I was doing four a day, sometimes early at six in the morning, then one at 10, two in the afternoon, at late eight, eight or nine at night. I didn't care. And then six, seven days a week, if they would hire me, I would be there. I did, Tony Robbins and I did a thousand talks a year. We were talking about it one time together, a big seminar in, in New York, as a matter of fact, that we each did a thousand talks a year for the first three years in the business. Because everyone says, well, I want to do what you do. No, you don't. You want to have a nice life, go home at 4.30 or 5 in the afternoon. You want to call it easy. If you really want to succeed, you got to take take massive action to get massive results. Anyhow, people kept saying, do you have that story of yours in a book? You're a really good storyteller. And the first book I did, and I don't know if I can pull off the shelves, but it was Stand Up, Speak Out, Win, because they said, I got to have it for my wife, my kids, my business. And a little, I'm doing little audiences, and I'm sure you've tried those, six people, 10 people in a little life insurance business, No, never 50. And I said... This isn't a New York Times bestseller. This isn't a national bestseller, but it's my bestseller. And I want to sign to you, your wife, your kids. And Laban, if you got a dog, if you were in the front row, I'd say, I want to sign to your dog. And they did what you did. They all laughed, but they all bought. And I signed every book. And I, by the end of the year, 20,000 books times $10 each is $200,000. I thought I'd die. And I got me a brand new Chrysler Cordoba with Corinthian leather. I was cooking again. So... You know, everybody gets adversity and either the advert, I've never said this, I hope this works. Either you get the adversity or the adversity gets you. Isn't that true? I lo- yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I almost look forward to adversity now, Mark, and it's like, because I know that there's going to be a great learning from it and something brilliant that will come out the other side of it. Uh, and I totally forgot the best part of the Dyson story. Before we even spoke about the uh, giving me the free brand new top of the range state of the art technology vacuum cleaner, he said, "I've been on your website and I can see that you're a speaker." He said, "What do you speak about?" And I went through a couple of the keynotes, and he said, "Because we're looking to hire someone to deliver a keynote to our executive team." He said, "What are your fees?" So I told him my fees, and if I get a booking off the back of this, Mark, or from a customer complaint, this will make one of the greatest stories in the history of speaking, I think. Well, first of all, it's going to happen. And it, it's amazing because, remember, I teach you got to ask everybody for business. And, you know, it's always what Jesus taught, back to the question of why you got to be spiritual, because spiritual truth is truth. And he taught faith and ratios, right? You're going you're gonna to plant seeds here. You're going to plant seeds there. A lot of them aren't going to come up. That's just the way it is. The guy could say no. His boss could say no to him if he has a boss and everybody's got a boss. Some of them are called wives. <laughs> Right. And and you got to decide, hey, I'm going to get through this thing. So it's always a faith in ratios. I mean, what Chip Collins gave, he said, you're going to call on 10, one will say yes. And then the next day, you'll call on 10 and two will say yes. And then pretty soon I was selling everybody, man. I just, I, I went, I, I booked out all the time I had. And so I, 
I go to Chip and say, what do I do? He said, you're going to raise your fee. Boy, talk about scary. Because remember, I started out $25 seminar times four seminars, it's 100 bucks. Now we're talking 1974, and that's not a lot of money now. But back then, that was okay. And then, you know, 30 grand a year. And then, but I blew it up because I started selling books. And, and then pretty soon, I had $500 talk, then 1000 And nowadays, I get 35000 in America and 75000 if I were to come to Australia. So I, look, what am I doing? I'm announcing my fee because somebody's going to watch this and try to hire me once your country is open again. And it's my goal to get every country, everywhere, and every city, and every person open again because I need to do one bonus point that you may or may not know. All depression is caused by one thing, stagnation of commerce and trade. Now, let's put it in a human form. I don't care how strong you are and you're fit as you could be, and so am I. If I put a tourniquet on your body, and I don't care whether you're male or female, and never take it off, what does your arm do? It falls off. Right. <laughs> what happens if we stop trading with Australia and, and Europe and South America and Latin America and Canada, which is exactly what the bad guys are trying to get us to do? Well, I, I start doing these podcasts and Mandarin is my next guess. <laughs> um, speaking, of, speaking of opening things up, Mark, uh, Unlimited Riches with Pat Mesita next, well, the Saturday, the uh, May 29th at 11 a.m. in Melbourne, Australia time. There's something I want to ask you about this. Anything uh, you I've, want. I've signed up for it. It's a free event. If you if you get through the event, there's a free copy of your new beautiful book, Ask, at the end of it. And that, that was on the website. I'm not making that up. But you talk about um, a butterfly being the international symbol of freedom, right? And there's a butterfly of financial freedom that is all, almost out for me. I, I'm rich in happiness. I'm rich in joy. I'm rich in health. And I'm going to be rich in money. What is your best suggestion for this? Okay, first, I want to go there. But first, let's go back to two or three words and say, I'm living rather than I'm dying to get rich. Because if you tell your mind you're going to die to get rich, you're going to get rich and die. So that's an asinine program. So let's live to get rich. Because I want you to live the most full, thrilling, exciting life ever. So, right, you're right. My corporate symbol is the butterfly. And I did this book called Woman and Millionaire with Bob Allen, who's a genius. And, and what happened is, and these are my corporate colors, purple and yellow. And uh, when we did it, it was amazing because a lot of problems were happening, but it's two books in one. But the first thing in answer to your question is the first line I wrote is that there's a million ways to make a million. There's one right, perfect, easy, acceptable way to you. Everybody shouldn't be a speaker and a writer. Everybody shouldn't be a person that makes light bulbs or desks or chairs or computers. I don't care how you make it, but there's a million ways to make a million. Just pick one. And then, but make sure it's your destiny. And if it's your destiny, you can't miss now, right? And what happens is we get boxed in. You said, well, you're a dentist, you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're a garbage person, you're a waitress. I was, I've been two dentists. One dentist discovered string. Well, hell, you've had a hundred pieces of string in your life over your lifetime. What did he do? He put wax on it, created dental floss. He made himself worth $2 billion. Another dentist found out 3D printing, which is the way the cars are being made by our friend Elon Musk called Tesla's. And, and he did 3D teeth. He makes $2 million a week because he didn't say, well, I'm a dentist, so I'm stuck. So whatever you are, you got to mentally open up your mind because you have 50,000 
ideas a day. And all it takes is one to become vastly rich. Right. And I told you, I kept saying, and the principle we're teaching and ask is God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? But you got to be ready in the middle of the night because it's going to come and you got to have a pen and paper because you're going to have to write it down because it's like a wet slippery fish. It goes out. And then what you're going to find out is you're going to get more ideas because your mind consciousness goes into subconscious, goes out into super conscious, as most people define it, goes to God conscious. Now, for those of us back to the first question you asked about atheism, if, if somebody's an atheist, tell them to make a, a clump of dirt. Tell them they're just going to make one seed that can become a rose or one seed that can become, I'm looking at the window, I live in cactus country, a cactus, you can't do it. Universe has an a priori intelligence, an intelligence before you and I, a causeless cause. The causeless cause, I'm going to put God on the name, but God said you and I are created in the image and likeness. He only knows fundamental abundance. He only knows lavishness. He only knows plenitude, and he wants plenitude for every one of us once we wake up and say, hey, wait a second, what's my thing? And, and you say, well, Jesus, for you, you're rich. You're, you know, you sold a half billion books. You sold $2 billion worth of books and, a, and done a billion in licensing, which is $3 billion. Well, that's true, but I'm nowhere near done. And I've been charitable on everything. So the point is, you've got the idea already, and I don't know what it is. Speaking, what I teach about book business is that you got to write a great book, an excellent book. Then you've got to really be good at marketing it. But the more important part, is what is your back end on a book? And the back end in the book for us was licensing. And I'm, I'm the guy who's done the most licensing in books ever, uh, nonfiction. And, and the biggest one we did was we licensed chicken soup for the soul dog food. We do $157 million worth of chicken soup for the soul dog food a year. We get 15%. Now, let's talk about that. I don't make it. I don't eat it. I don't transport it. I don't sell it. I don't distribute it. I don't package it. I don't have to lift up those heavy 50-pound bags. But when they came to me, I said, hey, look, one of my daughters is becoming a veterinarian. We got four dogs and 88 animals on one acre. And here's the way it comes on, guys. I just did the meeting with Purina. They had the best packaging, the best placement, the best this, the best that. And it went up to number one in the next month and crashed. And I was at the meeting around talking, and the chairman said, what went wrong? They said, we never tested it on the dog. So now I'm telling the guys, I'm telling the guys from Diamond Pet Food, look, you guys, right? This book teaches the four O's, other people's money, OPM, other people's experience, OPE, right? All the O's. So I said, we got to use the OPE, the other people experience. Look, they crash and burn. We're not going to crash and burn. I'm going to tell you that you're going to put in a little three-page pamphlet for chicken soup. So I'm going to sell more books. It's going to have my name on it or our corporate name, Dr. Canfield's my name, right? We own the, I created the trademark and all that stuff. Not today's, but it's called IP, intellectual property, which is where the real money is going to be made. And real money is going to be made on IP at levels. I can show you, I got another book here called How to Be Up and Down Times. It costs $4 on Amazon because I'm now believing you ought to do many books. But I show here's in this five years, we're going to do $50 trillion for the business. All you got to do is get any little fraction of it and you can have as much as you want. Isn't that cool? Well, it, it, here it is. 
I love the publishing industry. I love, I've been with, I am with seven publishing houses that all still send me royalties. So I'm very happy. So don't misunderstand the next thing I'm going to say. But what I told you a few minutes ago was the bookstores didn't pay the publishers. So the biggest publisher in the world, which will go on name now, because I'd be besmirching somebody who's given me a million dollars to write a book, laid off 8,000 people. Why did they lay them off? Because they can't pay them because there's no money coming in. So they money, can't keep having money go on unless you go bank home. So right now, temporarily, for two reasons, because publishers aren't making money, you ought to self-publish. Number one. Number two is that companies like mine, we can do, I own a, uh, you can go to hansoninstitute.com. We could help you if you want to, if you pay us to do POD print on demand. So you get it done and print on demand. Now you say, well, would you do print on demand? Okay, so let's talk about that. So my book sells out in America because we've done now 156 podcasts like this around the world. And it sells brilliantly to 10 million people we did in Vietnam and all that. So I have no, so you say, well, it's not number one in America. No, I'm number one in Vietnam though, right? This second, which is nuts because everybody, who cares where the money still comes in? So we call our publisher and say, no, in America, we got to have the book and it's got to be ready. And so he says, well, what do you want me to do? I said, you got to get books out. Amazon's out of books and they're charging. This is a $17 book in America and Amazon's selling it for $38 a book. And I said, people are calling me and complaining. And he said, what do you want me to do? I said, well, back to what I just said to you, print on demand. We got 11 places to do it in America under Ingram. There's the big distributor company. And they printed in six seconds, poosh, 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 spitting the mothers out. So I said, print on demand. He said, well, then you're going to have a hardbound, which is what you want to keep, and a softbound. You're going to compete with yourself. I said, yeah. So I'll be number one with both softbound and hardbound at the same time. I said, there's nothing wrong with that in my mind. We just sell more books. Because some people, this, I don't know if you can see the cover, but I think it's the most beautiful cover we've ever done. And it's got, you know, anyhow. So we really have fun. I love the book business. Not everybody loves it. Not everybody loves to read, but enough people do that it made me well off. And I want everybody to be rich, but everybody has got to read. Jimmy Rowan, who I did a lot of seminars with, Jim Rowan said, if you can read and don't, you're no better than somebody who can't. Right. And, you know, just, it's an important thing. So in the right now, temporarily, because bookstores are having trouble and I don't know where POD is, but I'm sure it's in both Melbourne and Sydney and, you're going to have to look it up if you're going to self-publish, you know, because what, what you got to do is decide you're going to be the marketing superstar of all times in books. That's what you want to do. The first draft is done. It was actually inspired by Les Brown, who came on the podcast like episode 10. He gave me the blueprint for it off camera and inspired it. And I wrote it in six weeks and I never finished high school or university, Mark, and and I've had an opportunity to read it to some of these Hall of Fame speakers and authors that I've interviewed, you know, your peers, and the feedback's been overwhelmingly positive, plus the other people that I read it to in random cafes and stuff as well. So I've made a commitment to get it out on the 26th of August, 2021, which is the anniversary of my fifth year of sobriety and incidentally, my fiance's birthday. And uh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be huge. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. No, no, by the way, that, that that's the point. It, look, as one superhero to another, do I want more for you than for myself? And that's what I said to the guy on Amazon. I said, look, I'm setting, I'm a, I'm a record setter and history maker, but it'll be temporary. I want somebody to break my record, right? 
if you can. Now, I got a little bit of head start on you, and I've got some ideas still that are still working, and my mind's better than ever. So, because I think the beauty of us over athletics is athletics, you're done, depends on the sport, 38, 30 years old, 40 years old, maybe. The beautiful thing about writing and speaking, you get better and better as you get older, if you're any good at all. So, um, you know, you really can become a superhero. And, and uh, you know, Jim Rohn was great. Norman Vincent Peale was great at 89 and 99 years old. He was still speaking and doing a superb job. Do you remember Art Linkletter, who was the ambassador to Australia? Um, I've heard, I've seen his name. I've never seen him speak or anything. But it, well, he, this, he's at 98 when we wrote this book. But he was the most famous guy in America. He did three TV shows a day. Kids say the darndest things. People are funny. House parties. And this is how to make the rest of your life the best of your life. And he and I was doing all these talks together. And that's why people say, well, you didn't really write 318 books. I said, no, I did. You didn't. And, and you know, you can. I mean, maybe you'll write 500. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. And if, you know, if it, because once you get going, your mind keeps expanding. You keep having new ideas. And, you know, I, I love everything I'm writing right now. And now, now I'm doing biographies. I said, I got three of them and the people are paid for. So we're going to get them done. Well, I interviewed Scott McCain uh, earlier this year, Mark, and, and he was talking about an experience when Zig Ziglar invited him and his wife for dinner one time, and, and he asked Scott whether he'd written a book, and Scott hadn't at that point. And Scott, Scott McCain, for those who don't know, is a Hall of Fame uh, motivational speaker and an amazing, amazing individual with a beautiful voice. And then he and uh, so he said, have you written a book? He said, no, I haven't. And then, then Scott said to Zig, uh, well, Zig, sorry, Zig said, I haven't either. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like you've written heaps of books. And he's like, I just write three pages of notes every day. And then in six months, my publisher tells me I've got a book. And I think that was a great, great anecdote for like the simplicity of actually getting something down. What are your thoughts on that? Okay. So Bob Proctor and I have owned two companies together. And I assume you've interviewed or want to interview Bob Proctor and he's 87 and looks great and does great and looks to me, he looks like an owl, and, and we're best friends. So I, I'm not, that's not a besmirchment any more than I would besmirch anyone because uh, he's just a delight, and we use a lot of his stories in our books. So um, and inclusive, of, I interviewed him for this because he came out of nowhere, and I think this year or next year, his company becomes a billion-dollar company, which was his goal, right? And, and God bless him because it means you're helping a lot of people. Um, so, so what happened is Bob and I are doing this seminar. We – uh, we're doing a seminar called uh, the Million Dollar Forum. A lady comes up to us, cantankerous. I'm glad I'm not going to use her name. And bemoaning, well, Bob, it's easy for you and Mark to write a books because Mark's written all those books and, and you've written Born Rich and all that. He says, well, really, why? What's the problem? She says, well, I got no husband. I got three kids. I got two jobs. And I got no time. He said, well, now, by the way, the richer you get, the assumption is if you become a millionaire, you got more time. Not so. If you become a billionaire, you got more. No, now you got a billion problems. And if you're a millionaire, you got a million problems and a lot more responsibility that you didn't have before. So get your jobs done early and get them done fast and well, excellently. Anyhow, so Bob says, well, here's the way it works, ma'am. Could you do one minute a day? She said, oh, hell yes, I could do one minute a day. She says, well, one minute you write 250 words. That's one page. Now, you do that for 250 days, you get all the Christian holidays off, the Jewish holidays off, the Islamic holidays off, all that. So you're not working but 250 days. At the end of that time, 250 days, you edit it down to 200 good working pages, and that's the average book, and you're done. 
Now she didn't finish, but he did. And I wrote the forward to that book and he made $10 million on it. So, so, you know, you can, you can do anything you want if you want to do it. And, and by the way, Bob is the, in our business, the speaking business, he is unequivocally in my experience, the best content writer ever, ever, ever. I've done a lot of stuff with him. I've done a lot of stuff with Dr. Jack Canfield and all kinds of people like I've shown you. But I, I got to say that of all the people that I've ever seen do content, like I'm asked to teach at some universities and get free enterprise back in America. And like I'm talking here with Pat Masidi, we got to get free enterprise back in the world because all these people are starting to believe that government can pay. Government can't give you anything that they don't take from you first. And they may take it now and say, no, you don't have to pay it back. I promise you, you will become a slave to government. That's why the Bible clearly says the borrower is always indentured to the person lending it. They're going to get you. It's a guarantee. I can't tell you how or when or why, but that's the same thing in spirituality. If, if you, your karma is the value cycle. And, you know, you go, the more good you put out, the more good's guaranteed to come back. It comes, whatever you're doing comes back, multiply. So you want to make sure you're putting out good on a full-time basis and helping people that maybe can't even help you back, but somebody else will take good care of you. And, I, and like I've been taking really good care of and, and expect that to continue. I feel exactly the same, Mark. It's it's been it's so abundantly clear that that works so beautifully that it's undeniable for me now and my family, and uh, it's so it's so liberating. Um, I want to, given you're the, the you're the ambassador of possibility, I want to throw you under the bus a little bit and ask you this, with permission from my beautiful fiance, we are now pregnant. We're very pleased and very uh, happy to announce that. It's very early doors. And the reason we are choosing to share this so publicly is because Anna has gone through uh, 11 miscarriages in her life. And we, uh, uh, we are willing this baby onto, onto, onto the earth. And my question for you is, what advice would you give us for the situation that we are in right now? Oh, by the way, there's... Like I say, there's never been a question like that asked me, but my, first of all, keep a positive mindset, which I think you've got and she's got to have. So you only listen to positive stuff. Make sure you shut off all the negative news and don't get vaccinated if you can get out of it anyway. Number two is make sure you've got a really positive doctor, right? A positive, happy, uplifted pediatrician who is, the term is called Akamai. It means you got it together, know you got it together, and the results click. And, and I've got a couple of pediatrician friends that are useless to you because they're geographically undesirable. They're too far away. But, man, we had the best pediatrician, Dr. Bob Laird. He and I hike all the highest mountains together around the world. And uh, amazing guy. But the point is you got to have a really good pediatrician because, you know, you're going to have questions. And, and remember, it's called a medical practice. And then whatever you're doing, make sure you don't listen to any negativity in the family or the news or read any bad stories because the subconscious hers and yours is that. And then only the most important thing other than masterminding with those best people is you want to uh, visualize the happiest baby outcome ever. And, and one of the guys that could really help with that is Dr. Don Cannon. I assume he's still practicing in, in Melbourne and, and uh, he's a, just, he's a delight to my heart and he'll be a delight to yours. And, and uh, he only thinks positive, acts positive and solves people's health subluxation problems, including craniosacral adjustments, which he created. So he's pretty good at it. I don't know. Whatever number I give you is way low, but tens of thousands. How's that? Yeah. 
Well, uh, look, I mean that's that's a brilliant response, and and thank you for sharing that. Uh, it, it is really putting putting you on the spot. The, um, the the importance of sharing this is because we we really truly feel that that, that like the world works in a way that everything's supposed to happen that's supposed to happen, right? We create our own abundance. We create our own success in life. And I'm witnessing that day in, day out. And uh, and and as I was driving, when we found out, I felt the presence of the, the a young baby around me. Uh, it was really, really a, a, something I've never experienced before. And um, I don't know what that was, but it felt good. It felt good. Well, okay, so several things. And and the other thing is you want to have everybody that's watching this pray positively for you. If you're not going to pray positively for the two of them, don't pray at all. But uh, the, the point about that feeling, the, the countenance, there's only one mind. You and I are mini frames off the mainframe, Big G. And Big G lets you feel it when it's right. That's why she's not going to have another miscarriage. This is going to be the easiest, most painless, most delightful delivery she's ever had. You guys are going to be glad. It's going to be fun. You're going to have the right doctors, all the angels. And, and that's the other thing. As long as we're talking spiritually, invoke, you know, it, it, the Bible says you're allowed to invoke legions of angels. Now, a legion is 12,000 angels. you got 12,000 angels around you, and you've already felt it. And I can feel it. So the point is you're connected with source because there is a source of everything, right? And it's God and and in the beginning was the light because God is light and light takes two forms. It's either, you know, hard meaning uh, material stuff or it's ambient, it's radiant. It's uh, like light coming out of this thing or light coming out of the sun. So your kid is light and it starts this little thing and it's a, the multiplication that's going on in her, you know, tummy right now. And the baby's going to start pretty good. And you get to touch it and say, the baby will be kicking and saying, I want a womb with a view. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it, is, it is, it is a great thing. And, and, there's nothing, and you're going to be at the delivery, I hope, because there's nothing more exciting uh, than childbirth. I mean, I, I think, in my opinion, in my experience, it is, We got, remember, we got five kids, six grandkids. It is, it is the most loving part of a hospital. Not that I see you and all the rest don't do a good thing. It just is, it is the best of the best. Oh, last thing, nutraceuticals. Make sure she studies on her own and looks at the best nutrition that you can get because there's a lot of stuff you can't get and you need I, I i could go i take 78 herbs and vitamins a day so i'm really keen on all this stuff and my wife is one of her studies is nutrition of course uh so we're you know because i'm gonna live to be 127 options for renewal but the goal is is that i had the energy of a 28 year old and and people go how do you write so many books well you know if you don't rest you can write a lot of books <laughs> I, I read plenty and have a lot of fun as I think you can tell. Well, I was getting shivers and tingles when you were saying that. I really feel, I really believe that as well, Mark. So thank you again for sharing that. Uh, incidentally, my my general practitioner has a permanent record that whenever I go in there, which is not often because I don't need to, uh, patient says he's going to live till he's 150. So uh, I'm the same as well. I just want to give that number so that I don't um, scare too many people. Yeah, well, they get to see your grandkids and your great-grandkids. And that's the thing. And there's, there's a lot of good books on it. I was with a guy uh, in Silicon Valley. The two arguably smartest guys are, are Dr. Peter DeManis and his partner, um, Dr. Ray Kurzweil, who started Singularity University. But Kurzweil created nanotechnology. You saw the movie Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, that's Kurzweil. Yeah, yeah, that's him. And and that you know we'll have nanobots in the body. 
but he wrote a book just now called um, If You Live Long Enough, You Can Live Forever. And he said there are three bridges. The first bridge is you got to be taking good nutrition. Now, he does way more than me. He does 178 herbs and vitamins a day. And then the next level after that is every all the stem cells, which I did to regenerate my knees because, you know, I was having trouble standing up. And so I went and paid 15 grand and got my knees regenerated. And I mean, this morning we ran up, you know, the highest mountain here is we live on a mountain and we went to the top and came down. So, you know. They're the golden stem cells from um, from Panama? No, no, no. These are your own stem cells. I really believe you ought to use your own, not not somebody else's, where they literally pull them out of the body. They get rid of all the dented and, and hurt cells and 5% of them are alive and active. And they're, they're called, uh, the word I think is called autogenesis. So they're immediately accepted back in the body. Wherever the body needs to get healed, they get healed. And my knees are good. And my wife's are good. And, you know, because you need to walk around. You need to keep moving. And it's, so stem cells are just one of the second bridges. And then the third bridge is that you're going to be able to generate all your own bodies with 3D printing. Like right now we can do a 3D printing of a liver as in uh, at Stanford University by this guy. And um, But we're going to be able to reprint everything, right, over time. And then you just – you're, you're um, what women call it now when they do a breast implant is factory add-ons, right? They're gonna, so you and I will have factory add-ons to keep our life going. Yeah. Get a new set of hair. They do hair transplants, but mine didn't take, right? We we so, we make this look good, though, Mark. That's the great thing. I'd, I'd be happy to have a bald head any day of the week. I'd look yeah, silly with hair. Yeah, everybody can have hair. Just a few of us can have a good-looking bald head. <laughs> <laughs> what Have you ever heard of uh, lotus birthing at all? You're talking about underwater, that one? No, no, no. It's so when the when the uh, when the baby comes out, the placenta follows, and you leave the placenta and the umbilical cord attached until it naturally drops off. We pay for that for all our grandkids. That's one of the many benefactions of us, and you keep it because that'll be good for you and good for your wife. And that's all. Yeah, that's the best stuff. Yeah, you, you use a different name than I do, but that doesn't matter. Same stuff. Yeah, you cryogenically freeze it so it lasts basically forever, and end up being the placenta of attention. Yes, that's it. I never heard of that line, but that's true. <laughs> Mark, where can we find you? Uh, all over the place. He's everywhere. He's everywhere, Mr. Bill. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can go to markvictorhanson.com. We love that. You can go to, for Ask, we want you to go Ask, get the book, and then join askthebookclub.com. And and what we're asking people to do is don't get one book, get two, and go over it with your spouse or spouse equivalent your business partner, your church partner, or, you know, some partner that really wants to do the transformational stuff. And for us, we're getting hundreds of letters all the time, emails and all that. And what we're saying is, look, we've been in COVID confinement and the only way to break out is with a question, right? And so we're saying, hey, look, our book gives you the basis of doing that. And if you ask each other all those questions, you will transform your life into magnificence and and hit your destiny. And then the other one is, because I want everyone to write a book, um, I want you to go to HansonInstitute.com if you're ready to write your book and watch all the videos I've done because I want to tell you exactly how to do it and get it done. And then if you want to join us, there's a price tag, but you know, it's up to you guys. We're not, we got plenty of work, so we're not short of work, but we just want, I think everybody needs to write a book and then they know how to learn how to sell it and market it. And then they knew how, need to know how to build it in a big business behind that. And then last but not least, I am not what they call a YouTuber and my goal, and I hope you have a goal like that. All these shows should go on YouTube, but I want to do yeah. in, in our business, the guy who's done the most um, YouTube is is uh, Grant Cardone. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, $2 billion worth of real estate here in Grant. 10X. Yeah, yeah, 10X. Grant has gone from, and I read his book and like him a lot. I, I've never physically met him, but what, what he did is he said, look, I did 6,000 YouTubes and suddenly I'm worth $2.2 billion. Now, that's, that's overstated. That's overgeneralized. But the fact is the guy has been passionately on purpose to do up to six YouTubes a day. Now, I'm, I'm doing just a few and we're, we're doing them and we're making them more exciting than ever and having inserts and graphics and all that stuff. A lot of them are backed up right now, but uh, I, I just, I love doing this stuff and I love sharing it because I think everybody needs to know what the truth is and what the information is and how far they can go in life. Because to be a superhero, everyone's got to actuate their full potential where we started this and now we've gone full circle. Well, I put them everywhere and the YouTube's been really good for um, for, the, for the, any visual audience. And I think it's my preferred style of consuming a lot of this style of content anyway. And I know that's not for everyone, but it's um, it's really helped with my speaking as well, inadvertently, plus a number of yeah, other absolutely. things. Absolutely. Um, Mark, do you have any uh, concluding thoughts for our audience today? Everybody, I want you to get into what he and I are talking to you about, which is self-help action, books, tapes, videos, YouTubes. Don't be a Danny Downer or a Debbie Downer. Be a uh, uh, Laban and Mark Upper. How's that? (laughs) Go for your superpower because it's the size of your question that determines the size of your result. And if you ask the little questions like, how am I going to make it? That's not the right question. How am I going to make a million or a hundred million or a billion? Any of those questions money-wise. How am I going to get in touch with God in me? You start asking that question, you're going to start having some breakthroughs and do some spiritual insight. How am I going to get physically fit like you did and you decide to become a carnivore, which is one of the three basic choices. There's some more choices, but that's, I mean, there are people that in India I've watched that are purportedly 500 years old when I was in India that are just breatharian. So that that would be the fourth choice. Mike's cleaning up easy. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if they have to go to the bathroom. Anyhow, uh, I don't know if they transmute the air into stuff or not, but um, fascinating. I never thought about that before, but that'll be the next time we have another interview. How's that? Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Victor Hansen. It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training where I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com.